Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I'm back for episode three, along with my co-host, Matt Mueller. What's up, everybody? And of course, Brandon, Big Deal Davis himself. How we doing? Good? <laughs> we're doing good because we're still here, man. We're still here. Yay! Haven't been canceled yet. Seeing seems to be uh, getting good. So to keep that ball rolling, listen, guys, if you're here and you're listening, you can be catching us on Stitcher, Spotify. We are now on iTunes. Or you could always catch us here on the site. We always put up a post, and you can just kind of hang out on comicbook.com and listen along with us. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we are going to be breaking down the Super Bowl and movie trailers. But we are also going to do some exciting things like, you know, live up to our namesake and actually talk about comic what? books. What? That's not happening. Is that happening today? That's happening today. Soldier awesome. Boy is amazed that uh, Soldier Pretty Boy over here. Swag. <laughs> what? Comic books? Yeah, we're going to talk comic books. Matt Mueller is going to take us through what's new in comics this week. We're also going to get into a little bit discussion about Bre uh, BD's bread and butter over here, The Walking Dead. Ooh. There's a lot to talk about. And the uh, sure to not be controversial at all topic of recasting the new Wolverine for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right, so first up in our newsflash section, The Walking Dead was renewed for season 10 this week. Season X is coming of The Walking Dead. If you guys don't know anything, uh, Brandon Davis over here, this man has a self-started grind and hustle to build himself into one of the biggest Walking Dead pundits probably out there. He also has a vested interest in all this because season 10 means he still has a job here at comicbook.com for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Give that man applause. Give that man some applause. Very nice, very nice, very nice. The Walking Dead season 10 also means Brandon Davis season 5 at Comic Book. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man. So, Brandon, I guess I mean, I could say a lot about this. Uh, we will get into this. We're going to reference something from our infamous test episode of the podcast where we talked about Rick Grimes leaving. Maybe one day, if you guys are good, you'll hear that. Brandon, take us through this. So The Walking Dead is coming back for season 10, but there are some caveats, right, to this? Yeah, I mean, it's coming back for season 10. People are excited. The fans who have stuck around are excited. And it's interesting because, like, right now, it's the best it's been in so long, but the ratings are the lowest they've ever been, which is interesting. I mean, that comes with the territory of losing Andrew Langan, but it started before that. I mean, season 7 and 8 were what they were. If you watch them... Binge them, they're not that bad, but when you watch them on a weekly basis and you have to get an episode about Taro and you really want to see what's going on with Negan and like choices like that, just really crushed viewership. All out and war, more like all out bore. That's what a lot of people say. I, like, I didn't hate season seven and eight, but a lot of people did. Uh, but Angela Kang took over as showrunner in season nine. Andrew Lincoln left five episodes in. Lauren Cohen left five episodes in. Lauren Cohen is expected to come back in season 10, last time I talked to showrunner Angela Kang, that's what she said. She's planning for the return. Now, that's not definite, but if she gets her way, she'll get Maggie back, which will make a lot of fans happy. Um, but it's, I mean, the whispers are really interesting. I've seen the next two episodes in season uh, nine, this this mid-season premiere and the following episode. I know a lot more about the, f the future of the show. I think there's some really cool stuff coming up that people are going to enjoy. And I mean, I read the comics. I do believe the comics are a bit more interesting than the show right now, in this point. I didn't love the Whisperer story in the comics, uh, but I thought it was good, and I think the show is making it a bit more interesting. So that's kind of the first time I've bought into the show more than the comics. 
but overall, I think the comics are a little bit more satisfying. So, yeah, just to recap for you guys, if you don't remember, because these, I mean, the hiatus season can make you forget with so much content out there. When we last left The Walking Dead, we were kind of moving on and had, I think, it was another time jump after Rick left, right? How It was a long one? Yeah, so they started season nine with uh, an 18-month time jump following the all-out war story, which was kind of to throw fans for a loop because the comics introduced a time jump after the all-out war. But then after episode five, when Rick left and he's presumed dead by the survivors but known to be alive by the audience, they came back with episode six, six years after that episode. So they are now seven and a half years past where season eight ended, uh, which is very interesting because... The world has not come back, even though they are—they're th- doing well. Uh, they're finding new foes, and it's—it's it's more villains and human-to-human conflict. And the Walkers are still out there, and it still belongs to the dead. And uh, they just killed Jesus. They killed Jesus, and he is not rising again. Three days later, he is done, done, and you'll see this Sunday. He's not rising again. Yeah, so we ended. Things were on a pretty horror movie note when we ended. They were in a kind of graveyard, and they had just met the Whispers, which, if you don't know, are these people who basically dress themselves up in zombie skin and like to talk real low and kind of mix in with crowds of the undead. But they're, yeah, they're kind of doing this whole camouflage thing. And there's a big story arc with them in the comics, and we lose some people in the comics, some major people. And it's kind of uh, the through line pulling us through the show right now. Who might we lose? You know, what's going to happen? And it sounds like these are going to be really compelling villains for the next arc of the show. I mean, it seems like around set, everything we're hearing is like, you know, the people they pick to play the leaders, Alpha and Beta, are really good, and it's going to be interesting. So, yeah, I mean, we're in this interesting place, like you said, where the storyline and some of the kind of horror aspects of it are coming back in a big way, even though the ratings are low in the interest and there's skepticism because Andrew Lincoln is gone. But we're going all the way till season 10. Now, can you just take us through and tell us Without, you know, compromising your insider status, uh, some of the things you are hearing about how this show might be taking shape, like, uh, in the near future as we get out of season nine and into season ten? Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, within the next few episodes, there are kind of homages to the comics. Some characters are not on the show anymore who are in the comics. Some characters will remain on the show when they should have died. Uh, so and and vice versa. So you'll see some moments that you'll recognize from the comics with some strong deviations at the same time, uh, and you'll see some interesting stuff like Michonne's future. I mean, we don't know if Denai Guerrero is coming back, so they didn't plan for that in season nine. They're they, it's, as far as I know, they're planning to have her back. So we'll see how it kind of ends off and what they're going to do if Denai Guerrero decides she wants to go pursue Marvel. Uh, that's going to be interesting, but in the next few months, we should hear more about whether Denai Guerrero is coming yeah, she's back. She's getting that Marvel movie money now, thanks to uh, Black Panther. She's making she's a billion dollar box office earner. Yep, and uh, Samantha Morton as Alpha Ryan Hurst as Beta Ryan Hurst from Sons of Anarchy, and Gary Bertier from Remember the Titans. Uh, just in case anybody <laughs> forgot about that role. So he's beta now, oh, wow. and he's got gold yeah. teeth, and he's a savage in the Whisperers. I mean, Michael Sajazimus directed the mid-season finale in that graveyard scene you were talking about. The Walking Dead was truly scary. Like, that is the first time that show has really been scary in a long time. Uh, the tension is kind of cut down when it comes back, but these, these villains, the Whisperers, are creepy. They're scary. They haven't r- really had a villain like this on the show before, and that's really refreshing because we've had so many villains on this show before. I get fatigued by all of that. So right now it's kind of fun to watch it, which is yeah. it too little too late? Maybe for a few million people. But the people who stuck around, I think they'll enjoy it. Uh, there's always going to be parts where you can't satisfy anybody, and I know this show suffers from that so much. I read the comments. 
uh, on, on the show and on I'm Twitter sorry. and stuff. So look, it's not my fault. I don't write the show. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm sorry. You read the comments. Every show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, every show that this is gets to be this old does uh, have some performance problems. I mean, I don't know what show Viagra looks like, but uh, they need it about this time. And I think they took it with season nine, man. It's going strong. All right. So that's The Walking Dead. It'll be coming back. If you're one of the many, many, many fans, it's going to be good. If you're one of the people who loves to hate on this show, well, you got you got some more hate to look forward to for the next couple <laughs> of years. Moving right along, we're now going to get to a topic that has been buzzing for quite some time now, which is Wolverine. So... Live-action Wolverine, made famous by Hugh Jackman, starting all the way back in 2000 with X-Men. He played the role about 100 times, if my numbers are correct on that. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, I mean, it the man like aged into the role to the point where he was old man Logan and Logan and gave a great performance to kind of finish out his time as Wolverine with that film. But now we know the Disney-Fox deal has gone through. The X-Men are headed to the MCU and Disney is going to be looking for a new Wolverine, which was kind of mentioned by uh, producer, you know, uh, Fox's X-Men producer, Lauren Schuler Donner, during uh, the TCAs this week that she said, you know, yep, they're going to be going for a new Wolverine. So here's what we're going to talk about. Do you guys have anybody you think should play the new Wolverine? And more importantly, what version of Wolverine do you want to see? Because Marvel in, I mean, recent years has made if my numbers are correct, again, about 50 different versions of Wolverine in the Marvel Universe, in the comics, and there's a lot to actually choose from. We have a Wolverine, we have two Wolverine sons, we have a clone, a female clone of Wolverine, we got Wolverine from one timeline, Hot Claws Wolverine, Hot Phoenix Claw. Wolverine, Old Man Wolverine, like, what do you want to see in the MCU? Let's start with that. What do you want to see? Which version in the MCU? Do you want a classic, or do you want to want some of the modern ones? Well, I want a, I want a blend, right? So I feel like the Fox movies, one of the biggest issues with those is that they always focused on wife beater, hat, jacket, like riding a motorcycle, biker Wolverine. Like, because that was like, oh, it has to be grounded. It has to be this, which is fine because that is a part also, of the character. Also, budget. Uh, budget fits, too. Yeah, fits budget, budget too. But they, oh, it was like that throughout the movie. And then when he did get a costume, it was always like so peeled back. I want, and one of the things Marvel has done, even in the first Captain America movie, right? They can still pull off Grounded, but they still put like, hey, this is the character from the books. I want the movie to start out, show a little bit of that early history. He's riding around, you know, like the Silver Fox stuff, like some of that stuff. And then by movie's end, I want a yellow and blue costumed Wolverine. You can tweak it. You can modernize it. I just, I want that. That's what I want. Or brown and tan. That's fine, too. I just want a costume. I want a costume that looks like a costume from the book. Because the excuse of it doesn't work is out the window when we have all these Marvel movies that have been doing quite. And Aquaman is now a billion movie, right? It's like a billion grossing movie. And that dude is wearing orange and green. Like, that's absurd, but it works. I want that. That's the take I want. Yeah, I don't, I don't care which version of story we get because I believe Marvel Studios is inevitably going to combine a few stories. I just want to see the costume. Like, we, they had the audacity to tease us by showing it in a case and him not putting it on just for the trailer. I was going to buy the ticket to that movie anyway. You could have just put it on him to pay me some respect. What is this, SpongeBob at the Super Bowl? I, Sweet victory it is not. I just want to see the costume. I think, and I think Marvel Studios will do the costume. Kevin Feige isn't just going to bait us with a Wolverine. 
when has he let us down in terms of costumes before? I mean, I'm sure there's one instance that somebody can tell me I'm crazy. But off the top of my head, I can't think of a Marvel Studios costume or appearance that I didn't really like. Is there anything coming to your mind? Scarlet Witch kind Scarlet of... Witches. Wasn't the comic Black book Widow's co- first in Iron Man two? Oh, see, I loved that. No, suit. that wig that they stole off a mop and then just <laughs> some red and then they and let like Woody Harrelson borrow it. I love Venom wow. post. Yeah, exactly. I like, loved that suit. There's a nice little. There's an Easter egg for you right there. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's horrible Iron Man two wig became Venom. I would say yeah. I would say. Uh, I mean, the costume was fine. The wig was just awful. Yeah, well, the wig but the costume looked good. Part of the costume. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're not talking. It's that not any human we're, getting, we're getting off the wig. point. We're getting off the point. So everybody wants to see just Logan, like just a recast version of Logan in his more comic book, yeah. classic form. Yeah. Let's talk physicality. Does it need to be a shorter, stockier guy? I mean, it would be cool. Asking if it was. for a friend who might want to get out of podcasting and into. <laughs> <our thing. laughs> I always, you know, what's funny? I always thought the perfect like, and not acting, not not acting, but the perfect like physical as far as like comparison or specimen would be like Sylvester Stallone in the eighties. Like I always thought that build could do really well with a Wolverine. Like I'm that. thinking modern day, like, I mean, Taron Edgerton is a guy who we hear throwing out there. He's got to beef up. Man. Yeah, yeah, for real. But he has the body type. Like Ye- you would believe that kind of. Body yes. Type I could see Taron Edgerton. I could see what's, what's his name? Joel Edgerton Edgerton. Oh, Joel. He's Edgerton. got a body type. Yeah. I, th- he, I mean, he might be a little bit older. I don't know how long they want this guy to be Wolverine. You gotta cast somebody probably they like gotta go. late twenties, Taron yeah. Edgerton age, but I think that is a body. So I listen. I like Scott Eastwood for Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I mean, that's wow. I know shock. Scott Eastwood gets a bad rap, but it's not. Listen, it really isn't the crazy. Brandon just loves suggestion. Scott Eastwood. Well, I mean, if if it happens, he's gonna be like there in a Wolverine workout video with Scott. <laughs> right. Eastwood, like, I'll teach Scott Eastwood a few things. Show him how to use the hot claws and all that, but. Hot uh, claws. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I think, I mean, pretty much the fan base would pretty much, I, I would assume, agrees with that. Nobody's like screaming, you know, hashtag give us Dakin or anything like that. <laughs> no. What about Tom Payne from The Walking Dead? Tom Payne, who, oh man, you're going to have to, who was that? Jesus. Jesus. I wouldn't actually would cut his hair. Know, I mean, he would have to, again, I mean, you're talking beef. Beef. I mean, he's, he's yeah, skinny. Cake but he's like 5'5. Like, five, uh, five. But he's, we've seen actors do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, not. That's not. They got. Have the guy we seen somebody? Home run, have like we seen somebody go for that. from skinny to jacked? Though we've seen the Christian tri- Bale. I mean. Yeah, Christian Bale. Well, Christian Bale can do that like for any movie. Yeah. Have we seen somebody so who hasn't Sloan shown off a body player. transformation in the past <laughs> yeah. go from skinny to swole as hell? We've seen them go from uh, out of Zachary shape. Zachary Levi of, went from pretty. I mean, he was he was fit, but he wasn't jacked, and then he. Got Shazam, and he went pretty jacked. That's I mean, Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill was on the skinnier, slim, side. skinnier, but then yeah. he like. He, I mean, his first yeah. that thing from Immortals to Man of Steel was crazy. I mean, I think Tom Payne could do it. I think yeah. he's a he's yeah. a no. Good I mean, actor. I agree. He's all right. He's short, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna get too deep in this because I mean, we're gonna have to wait and just freak out when it when they do cast somebody somehow, some way. Hopefully, they soon. drop it at like eight p.m. when they dropped Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, exactly. Five, and we'll all be like <laughs> halfway through dinner having a. Tuck and roll from the table and hit the computer. Oh my God, it's happening! Uh, producer Jim Viscardi will have plenty of spinouts for us then when that happens. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> stay tuned because we're gonna run through all the big movie trailers that debuted during the Super Bowl, and we're actually gonna talk about some comics. Yay! 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. So if you uh, haven't heard, this site is called comicbook.com. And uh, as much as people like to limit what we're allowed to talk about, you know, thank you, Twitter. We actually do talk about comics. And, and every week we have a nice weekly rundown of our comic books and big books that are coming out. Good team of people on that, and you're going to be meeting them in uh, the coming weeks, I'm sure. But for today, representing for that crew is Matt Mueller. So, Matt, take us through what's out there this week, what's worth reading, what's worth picking up, you know, and what are just some events we should be aware of. Even if you don't read comics, it's good because inevitably now that the films and the comics and everything is so tied together, it's good to know like what Marvel's messing around with on the page or DC. And well, and else. it works out that you that we talked about Wolverine earlier because uh, if you are a lapsed X-Men fan, right? You haven't been reading it for a couple of years and they've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the books. This is actually a really good time to jump on because if you are a fan of like the classic team, which I say classic team, I really, I don't mean the original five. I mean the classic giant sized Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Storm, like that, that like team is really a team that yeah. most people know when you say X-Men. Uh, so right now, all the X-Men are gone. But this week, Uncanny X-Men number 11 comes out, deals with that, and now we have Cyclops back because of some crazy time traveling nutso stuff. Yeah, if you the guys sun. Don't know, Cyclops has been like dead. He's been crazy. He's been evil. <laughs> He's been on a journey. Which man. I wrote a great article about that you can check Wasn't out. Wasn't his Bible like, really weird? His like his resurrection. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was essentially his son going back in time and meddling at different parts to get all these things to move towards one big thing, and then. He was able to bring him back from the dead. Damn it, Barry Allen. Right at the same time as all the other X-Men went away. So now he's back. He's trying to find the remaining X-Men. And in this issue, though, there is a fantastic moment that he makes a call on TV. He ends up like going against Captain America and some other stuff. It's actually a really good issue. But at one point, he televises like, hey, any remaining X-Men, I need you. Please come to where it all starts. So they go to the ruins of the Xavier Mansion and like, all these enemies of like uh, the Reavers, Purifiers, all these people come out and like ambush him and are like, why would you like, of course we want to kill the last X-Man, right? This is, you're the last one. And then he's facing all these odds and they're like, and you're going to die alone. And then you hear a voice and it's like, he ain't alone. And it's like Wolverine, it's Logan who just also returned from the dead. It's a fantastic like five pages of just Cyclops and Wolverine battling all these people. It's awesome. It's so cool, and they're going to rebuild the X-Men and go find the others, right? That actually makes me want to read an X-Men comic. It's awesome. It's great. So because they're kind of going back to basics, and they even address it early on in the issue of, like, the classic X-Men story is survival of our race. We're being, you know, there's prejudice against us. We're fighting for that just to be accepted. They're getting very much back to basics. Whether we've seen that a couple times. so stale, that theme. <laughs> well, at one point, at one point, Cyclops essentially like uh, breaks into a uh, like MAGA event. Like it's so like this very topical stuff in here that they Which deal is with. 
If you're always yelling about comic books getting political, uh, <laughs> yeah, this a reminder. Is, this is not going to be the one. how the X Men began. So yeah, like, this is. Yeah. It's very. It's very fitting for the X Men, but it might turn some people off in that respect. But uh, so yeah, but also very good issue all around. Uh, so also in Marvel this week we have Daredevil number one, which is uh, Chip Zdarsky's much anticipated run on the character. Uh, he's coming out of the previous run where Daredevil was essentially broken because he got hit by a truck. <laughs> and uh, saving somebody else. And because of that, all the injuries in his body just compiled over time. Like for a little bit, he couldn't walk. And so he's had to relearn stuff. And he has fear now. So, of course, he's always been known as the man without fear. So this, is, this run is kind of starting off with taking that core tenet, that core concept from the character and breaking it down and going, okay, he has fear. How does he deal with that? How does he still be the Daredevil, same one? The man with anxiety disorder. Exactly. Uh, it's very like it's kind of like Batman Year One ish, but not. It's not a rehash. It, but it feels there are aspects of the books that kind of feel like that. It's him relearning how to do this, not just from a physical perspective, but also a mental. You know, he hasn't been doing because he's he's out of action for a while. Uh, so that's also out on Wednesday. Uh, the other one would actually be, and this one's kind of interesting for a DC fans. So Man and Superman is a hundred page super spectacular. Essentially, it's a Marf Wolfman story. A Marv, sorry, Marf. Marf. It's Marf. I it's Marv. It's not his name. It's Marf. It's good to see Marf getting <laughs> his brother. His brother has been killing it. Uh, finally, Marf. Marf. He's. Jesus. I think I heard Rob live. You know, I didn't say anything. Marf by the way, I would just like to say I didn't say anything about. Uh, what? How did you say it? Kavitz. I didn't say anything caveat. about. Yeah, I just caveat. He said. Thank you. I know. Thank the you. classy thing would just be to move past it. <laughs> I did it. not. But everyone called me out on Marth. Hey, let's just take a time out. I'm going to mispronounce it. <laughs> I'm really excited to see uh, Marth. Caveat. Marth <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, it's Marv Wolfman. Man, it's uh, nice under the bus. Under the <laughs> Marv Wolfman uh, is essentially, this is an unpublished story from like 10 years ago uh, that he is now like finally coming out with. And he says it is his best Superman story ever. Mm. So that's, I mean, he's written some some really nice Superman stories in the past. He's written some great Teen Titans. I'm so sorry. He's really written some great Teen Titans stories in the past. So that uh, we'll have to wait and see if it's good. But uh, it is kind of a big event for Superman fans. Uh, last on the list. Well, actually, not last. Don't you were my brother, man. I am your brother. I'm sorry. It's just that I meant to call it out before, actually. So in my in fairness, I was going to be a jerk. Then yeah, I just oh, I, uh, yes, it. yes. Let's move on. I had a brain freeze. I, said <laughs> I meant caveat. I love Henry Cavite. <laughs> uh. So, uh, if you're a GI Joe fan, I don't know who is GI Joe fans here. Do we have any GI Joe fans? You? I'm. I'm. Well, I'm not the biggest GI Joe. Fan, I like but, Rock. I mean, I like the uh, cartoons. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, about those movies. There's a new GI Joe series, uh, Sierra Muerte, which is done by Michelle Fifa. I'm so proud I got that name right. Uh, so this one is uh, I'm really I'm really proud of that because I rehearsed it. Was that uh, my ankle? Oh, <laughs> man, this is heavier than I thought. So it's the same writer who brought us Capra, which is and I'm I'm, pr I'm sure someone's gonna hit me because it's Copra or something. I'm sure that's a thing. That's a theme for this episode. I don't know words good. <laughs> Just, so uh, this is a new miniseries. If you're a fan of the previous work, this is going to be kind of a very different take on G.I. Joe, but still keeping the, you know, the core concepts of the series. Uh, so if you want to check that out, that comes out Wednesday as well. And 
Green Lantern number four mm. comes out, and of course it's a it's a Green Lantern book, so I have to talk about it. Yeah, but, what's been happening? I loved Green Lantern, like I love the Jeff Johns, but I've fallen off in like the last couple of years. Do you like the outlandish aspects of Green Lantern? Oh yeah. Okay. I like all so the crazy stuff. Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp are currently on this book. It is all of that embraces like that vintage, these huge out there space concepts. The best one of the best parts of this issue is that there is a new Lantern who is named Volk, who is a He's a big kind of looks like almost like Kilowog size lantern, but he has a volcano for a head. And the smoke that comes out from the volcano forms his face. And it's like a little like he has like emotions like eyes and mouth. Like that's the kind of stuff like Flusilflem is a lantern he introduced, which is literally like mucus. He's like a virus. Yeah. So someone can sneeze him out. That's that, look, you're smiling. That's great. That's so weird. Oh, yeah, this is a great there. lantern. So Morrison has done a X phenomenal Star, job with like, this. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is awesome. There's a planet. A there's a literal cat planet. Is like, uh, I mean, oh, Dexter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's cat, awesome. Larflees. I mean, there's some so, great inventions. There's been some great characters. In so there, if so you've been wanting to give Green Lantern a chance, you should totally do it now. It's only on issue four, but it's it's that. It's very much going for the fun, you know. And and there's still weighty concepts in there, but it's epic. It's awesome. So that is your run through through comics. And of course, you can always check out our weekly reviews on Wednesdays on comicbook.com. All right. So no caveats with that. Just straight up. Kavits. Kavits. <laughs> no comment. Kavits. Marf Wolfman's. Man. Oh, man. Flusoflog. It's hard to breathe. Right. It is hard to breathe with a tailpipe right in your face under the bus. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. Let's talk about the reason we are all here today, as our episode title indicates, the big game. Hey, hey, hey. Super Bowl 53, <laughs> a.k.a. the most boring Super Oof. Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. But we weren't here for the sportsings aspects of it. We were here for the uh, movie trailers. <laughs> And it was also happened to be <laughs> the year of probably the uh, fewest amount of big movie trailers we got, um, but we did get some good ones. So we're going to run through these and we're going to break them down, what we saw, what we liked, what we were disappointed by, and like a little bit about what we wish we might have seen or wish somebody, you know, some of the things we wish could have dropped during the game. So let's start. With the one that dropped or probably the earliest big spot we got during the week before the game was for The Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. And this is the spinoff film with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham as these kind of, you know, the odd pairing of Luke Hobbs, career lawman, and Deckard Shaw, black ops, master, bad boy. And they're going up against a new villain. And this movie is just... I mean, the Fast and the Furious has been like kind of flirting with the line of just saying F it for a long time and just jumping the shark into a whole new genre of superhero, you know, movies. And Hobbs, the, the Rock, is not playing around. He's like, yeah, we're going there. I mean, right from the beginning of this trailer, we find out Idris Elba's villain, uh, I always want to call him Brexit, but that is not his name. <laughs> Because he's British, or because yeah, that was his name. That. But his name is like Brixton, Brixton, right? Brixton, or something Brixton? like that. No. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's, Brixton. I mean, as he just says in the trailer, there he bad guy, bad guy, Brixton. Yeah, Brixton. Yeah, I always want to call good him Brixton. <laughs> but uh, man, words not go today. <laughs> but um, yeah, Brixton. I mean, he just comes on and it's just like, hey, you know, you're in a Marvel movie now. I'm a villain. I'm a super. I mean, he drops the word superhuman. And says stuff like bulletproof, and we see him. Was that some, Statham? 
Or was that? No, I think that's Idris Elba. No, that impersonation. Was that Statham? No, was that was that Idris Elba. Elba. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. How's that bus? You know, these podcasts, you only need one host. Ah, Let's just, uh, I was just throw that out there. I just you only need one host. I thought it was a good impression of One Jason host and uh, imaginary people on a couch works wonders. This is the guy. Angle. Listen. Uh, but uh, back to this. So, I mean, this, this movie is just going full superhero, right? Like, there's an actual supervillain. And these guys are doing some stuff that's straight out of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, like hopping and having elevator fights, the rock is swinging while it's kind of a spy versus spy vibe to it. And I got to say, it looks bat. I don't know if we can curse, but we're just going to keep it moving. We get three per season. Oh, do we? FCC. Nice. Is that a thing? It looks bad-ish crazy. <laughs> and I mean, it looks crazy as hell, and I'm all in for it. Like, I've just been enjoying Fast and Furious' guilty pleasures for years, and this looks like a guilty pleasure with some of the kind of most awesome people we love in movies and action movies and entertainment. I love Statham. I love The Rock, and I love Idris Elba. And I think this is going to be kind of badass balls to the wall, and I'm all in for it even though this trailer is absolutely just bananas. The football game sucked, but I loved the Super Bowl. I had a great time. These trailers were just, you know, this Hobbs and Shaw trailer is just a part of it. I I think Hobbs and Shaw looks great. I think Hobbs and Shaw looks awesome. I'm so excited to see The Rock and Save. If you go back to Furious 7, they were the whole movie. They were Mm -hmm. the best part of the movie. Yeah, they were. And now they have their own movie. So that's really exciting. That's pretty simple. I think this movie could... Get close to a billion dollars. That's doing Ooh, everything really? right. Oh, I think yeah. It's doing no. everything right. By the way, casting quick, Roman Reigns quick is genius. <laughs> now we're ready to talk about the Super Bowl. What? No birds. Wait, no birds. Just uh, we're no longer gotta... the we're no longer the Super, I know. Super Bowl champs. It's raining Super Bowl champs. It hurts not to say. But uh, back to movies. Um, yeah, I think this movie could easily make a billion. I mean, for those who can't see, he just put on an Eagles jacket. Yeah, you can't see Eagles me. Eagles I just put on an Eagles thing. Go birds. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, this, it has all the elements. I mean, Casting Roman Reigns was genius. Yeah, it Roman really Reigns was. It's going to bring in the WWE crowd. They are going to debut some badass femme fatale characters in this movie. Um, Vanessa, or I forget her name. I think it's Vanessa Redgrave's daughter is, or something, who the girl from Mission Impossible, the last Mission Impossible movie, is also, she's playing Deckard Shaw's sister. She's the one in the trailer with them saying, the mission is compromised. Ah, they okay, even you know, snuck Cliff stuff. Curtis in there. The Rock just casually dropped a photo on Instagram and, like, Cliff Curtis was in it. Man. Yeah, he's been doing that a lot with this movie. Like, he's yeah. just, like, slipping that just, stuff and just... Oh, by Stuff the way. that would normally be a yeah. big reveal. Like, oh, no. And how much of this... Let's talk about the real thing. How much of this Hobbs and Shaw is just going to be a big middle finger to the main Fury, uh, Fast and Furious franchise? Vin, or specifically Vin Diesel? You just, yeah, specifically you just, Vin you know, Diesel. You know I mean, The this Rock is like, and Vin Diesel don't like each other. No, they, I mean, it's they had no a big secret. public falling out in fate, during Fate of the Furious, and it just seems like... This is The Rock being like, look, you little bee, I'm going to take you to school. Here's I've, how you make a movie, and here's I heard how you of, make uh, success. I'll take your whole franchise. He's drinking it like a <laughs> there will be blood milk. You know what I mean? One of my friends interviewed Vin Diesel and got him to talk about The Rock, but the, the, the interview, when it was given to him, was cut short. So he wasn't able to post that interview, but Vin Diesel and The Rock don't like each other. No. That's for sure. So no. they don't. The, the publicists don't want that getting out there. I don't think. But it's not. It's I mean, not how secret. can you contain that now? It's not. No, but it's just out like, there. The Rock is assembling this movie to just be. I mean, like a Fast and Furious killer. Be like, it's Hobbs and Shaw now. Well, and he's not in the next one, right? He said he was no. Oh the no, next he's one. not. Could the, could this the is, fir- this is a head-to-head this is, battle. So yeah. let me ask you this: After you see the trailer for this, and you you have Idris Elba playing the Winter Soldier, basically, can you ever, ever go back to the roots of this series now? 
I mean, on it, I, it, I can do anything when I find it in a Walmart bin. You know what I mean? Like, if no, I no, no. I don't mean can you, I don't mean can you go watch the old movie. <laughs> no, I mean like if I find a new Fast and Furious in a Walmart bin and it's like Grease Drift or something like that, Grease Abu Dhabi Drift. drift like I'm, <laughs> but could but I'm could good to but go. Could Fast and Furious <laughs> nine no, or not ten. in the theater. I mean, not in could the it theater. if they contain it to a street racing movie? But that's what I'm saying would here. Like people leave. Like why did that was boring? Like, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like you have The Rock, Jason Statham, and Idris elbow duking it out on screen and then it's like what am i signing up for vin diesel and tyrese and ludicrous cracking jokes and cars and even if they do any racing like they can't compete as action i mean stars. to be fair the last movie did have the rock riding a torpedo i know i mean but that was in a fast and furious movie i mean so it's not like it's so uh, the fourth movie almost killed the franchise it's true but i'm yeah. saying not all that the way was, back that but was, that, that was then yeah, that was Fast and Furious was them trying to go but back I don't see street them, racing and smuggling. But and I don't that. see them going back. I mean, they've yeah. their formula works. They yeah, but still, I'm saying the Marvel formula works, and that's what they're ludicrous using. Ludacris, Tyrese, and Vin Diesel, and and all of them against something like a headliner like The Rock, Jason Statham, and Idris Elba. Like, if you said. I, yes. You can only keep one of these two action movie franchises. Here's who's in this one. Here's who's in this one. Which one would you keep? I mean, I'd like every Hobbs action movie yeah, right. fan on the planet's probably going to start leaning towards this Hobbs and Shaw thing. You're right. Yeah, you're right on that. And so I would lean that. I'm, I'm sold. I'm be... buying a ticket. I'm buying two tickets. One for me, and just to have an open seat next to me. Yep. And I'm, I'm just going to mean Vin Diesel's going to have my to bring big it. giant bucket of popcorn. Vin Diesel's going to have to bring it with that Fast and Furious Nine. And so far, there's no reason to get excited for it. So oh, I don't know. That's kind of awkward. But moving right along, let's get into something I know Matt will like is some animated movie talk. We had some big animated movie trailers during the Super Bowl. Uh, the biggest, Toy Story 4, of course. And we also had one, that, I don't know how much they want us to talk about it, but Wonder Park was the other one. So, Matt, take us through those. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Wonder Park, when I first saw the, like, hey, here's the premise, like just the quick little thing of like, here's the premise. I was like, oh, that sounds like right up my alley and that sounds exciting because essentially it's like this girl stumbles upon uh, in this old, what looks like this kind of ruined place, but then she ends up finding this like magical theme park kind of in this, like it's almost, they haven't really explained it. It's like this magical world that kind of exists in the same bubble. Anyway, the premise sounds cool. It's, it's pretty. It doesn't, by but by, by trailer's end, it does nothing to get me to want to see that movie. Like, there was yeah. nothing pulling there's me. There's a lot. I was writing up this movie for the trailers, and there's a lot. I mean, this movie has some real... I, I don't think that people understand just how weird of a movie this is going to be. Yeah. Like, the premise seems good. It's like, basically, like, a girl can make things come alive with her yeah. imagination. But if you actually read the actual storyline for the film, it's kind of dark. It's all about, like... I think her later on in life having lost this ability to imagine things and have this imaginative personality because she's grown up a little bit and become so much more cynical through the things that have happened that she kind of like loses that ability and has to rekindle it yeah. is essentially the story. And that is so, I mean, that could go either way. So it's going for the Pixar gut punch. I mean, it's one of those things uh, though, right? If you want to see that movie, just go watch Christopher Robin because it's awesome. Yeah. And also, there's, I mean, Wonder Park, there's some things with the director front that are a little weird, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, I'll say, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just I mean, like, just yeah. as a trailer, though, as There's a, a reason why movie. you can't find a director listed for this movie, and I'm not going to be the one to tell you. Speaking, <laughs> right along. Speaking you think of, of directors, can I go back one second and just say that with David Lee, John Hobbs, and Shaw, I think it looks just like Deadpool 2. 
Oh yeah, it yeah. just looks so much like Deadpool. You can see oh, the similarities. Yeah. Is oh. that a bad thing in your eyes, or is that? No, I think yeah. it's fine. I mean, it, it seems like a hybrid between Deadpool two oh, yeah. and like I think this James Wan's Fast and Furious movies. Like you could splice movie. the cable Deadpool Domino fight on that truck into yeah. rock. It looks like he used truck. the same truck. Yeah, exactly. Like Actually, it just, really does. That'd be anybody on the internet. That's a great mashup. Like mash those two scenes up of the rock. Yeah. Crashing. Sorry, I just had to no, I wanted to point that out. That's David, a good point. But David Leach makes really good movies. Yeah, yeah so, so I'm not hating it's not a bad that. thing. Yeah. So uh, tell me, Toy Story Sorry. Four. I'm gonna take give you the hot take. I don't like the Toy Story franchise. So I'm with. Whoa. whoa, whoa! I can't believe this. I agree with you. Whoa! I don't really <laughs> care. I mean, I don't. That's it. That's it. We've accomplished what we came. Wow! For the podcast. We are now. <laughs> it done. only took three episodes. Yes. What? Jeez! I don't okay. really care. So no. that's okay. So that's. To me, that's more important than the trailer. But so, why don't you like? Why has it never resonated with you? Because I'm a grown man. I yeah, exactly. The toys thing. I don't really. I don't, maybe. After the Bill Maher, I know you're I, gonna I go mean, grown man on it. Telling me like I freak girls out with my girls. <laughs> I don't know. I just I I just I watched Toy Story one as a kid. I thought it was good. I watched Toy Story two whenever that came out. I don't even care about Toy Story three, and I hear it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've tried. I've tried. I've tried Toy Story two so many times. And I tried Toy Story 3 a couple times, and I just, I can't get into it. It's just not, uh, the premise doesn't, I don't dislike it. I think it's a great story, and I think it's well told. It just doesn't appeal to me. And I'm kind of hit or miss on Pixar in general. Okay. So I'll put that out there. What's your favorite Pixar movie? Just curious. Um, my favorite Pixar movie is probably The Incredibles 1. Inside Out. Okay. I mean, no, okay. Not that I'm a grown man. That's not my, that's not my real answer. I just, <laughs> I just haven't gotten invested in this. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, let me moonwalk in that. Let me move that walk that I was. But I I just, I'm not, I don't really care for these characters, I guess. I don't, I mean, it's not that they're toys that I don't care about them. I've cared about characters who are way stupider premise. Yeah. Like, not the toys, and not even the Toy Story's a stupid premise, just a more bizarre premise than investing in characters that come alive when the kid leaves the room. But I just don't care for Toy Story 4 and I feel like I'm the only I thought I was the only one and now I know Co- I'm worried now that I agree with Kofi so here's it the begins. thing it's yeah. not it's not my favorite you either Pixar. die a hero you live your, long enough to see yourself become Kofi Outlaw. here comes you know the turn I tend to like the weirder Pixar movies like I like Wally. I like Up yeah, I mean, Up I is great. Yeah, like Up is I like those awesome. I love Ratatouille a lot I love Coco Coco yeah. was amazing to me um, so but this one in particular, I, I haven't been floored with. I haven't really loved. Now, Key and Peele's characters? Oh, yeah. Great. They're going to steal this movie. Key and Peele steal so, everything. Sounds like True. it's going to be some moderate interest in Toy Story 4. And let's keep it moving. And let's get to the big stuff. Let's talk some Marvel trailers. First, we're going to start with uh, Captain Marvel, which uh, kind of split us here in the office. Some that people were saying, yeah, I mean, every heated. Captain Marvel trailer, and it's not just us. I mean, it seems to have split a lot of people. So we got a Captain Marvel Super Bowl spot that was basically Carol and her Air Force partner, whose name I don't remember off the top of my head, basically kind of doing, echoing this movie's kind of tagline yeah. theme, which is higher, They are really faster, pushing that stronger, in these yeah, Higher, further, faster. Yeah, yeah. higher, further, faster. And in in, for the first time, at least the Super Bowl trailer frames it right by two women in the Air Force Kind yeah. of expressing how they have to basically accomplish things to to yeah. play in this world of male dominated kind of area. Yeah. Which is they have to be, you know, stronger. Faster. It fit within the context. Yeah, of exactly. Yeah. And and I'm glad they kind of established that instead of just an empty tagline. Um, but it was just a quick burst of footage about, you know, Captain Marvel kicking ass. And again, this movie still just seems very generic. The one of the more generic Marvel movies go. we've seen. 
And, <laughs> and I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think in phase three, we really started to get into this kind of Marvel began to kind of branch out into unique creator driven in kind of tone based films. Kind of. I mean, Homecoming, kind of. Black Panther, Our, Thor Ragnarok. You're talking. I mean, even the Ant Man series. Thor Ragnarok is the most like that to me. Yeah, I mean, say, but all yeah. of them. This is they found a marketing plan. Even Ant Man doesn't try to like be. But they're all still anything. Marvel what they I know, but they also added these little flavor kind of flourishes to make them seem distinct. Okay. Can like I you saw the first out? Black Panther Ant-Man trailer? Nice yeah. Yes, but there's still the so. Okay, go ahead. Well, I I watched the Super Bowl with a friend, and she the trailer came on, and she said, "What is this?" Yeah, and I said, "It's Captain Marvel. It's the next Marvel movie before the Avengers." And she was like, "I didn't know this is coming, and I love the Avengers." Yeah. The look, I I know, I think I know what you're gonna say, and I hate like this is twice in a row. I agree with Kofi. I don't know about this, but I I, I think, think you do know what I'm gonna say. Actually. My prediction for what I think you're gonna say is that this movie has huge implications for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh-huh. And as a result of all of those things being huge spoilers, they're keeping it a secret. And at the expense of advertising the movie. Uh, these trailers, for me, don't sell me on Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It feels like the most disney movie, especially the way she says, heroes, noble warrior heroes. <laughs> We get it. You're a superhero. I know. I want to see it. I don't want you to tell me. And that's cool. Maybe in the context of the scene, that'll be really yeah, I, cool. I think that's going to be another one where it's like she's sarcastically saying that. Hopefully. Yeah. Because this character is super cool. She's huge for Marvel. She's bigger than Ant-Man, but this feels like a movie no bigger than Ant-Man to me so mm-hmm. far. And I think the movie could be incredible. It really could be. And I think maybe it has spoilers that even tie into Avengers Endgame, and that's why they're keeping it such a secret. And characters could pop up in it. But for now... I don't think they're doing a good job of telling people what this is. It's relying heavily on people having a base of knowledge, I think. And if you don't have that knowledge, you're not going to get excited. We've seen more of Captain Marvel than we had with Carol, and I think that's one of the biggest biggest issues. So as an overall trailer and ad, I liked it. This actually felt like one of the better movement, like the way it moves throughout. It hits a lot of parts. You get to the end. You actually see her doing more than just the same spice together for I liked it as that. Yeah, I mean, as, it's a good Super Bowl spot. Yeah. As a as another trailer for Captain Marvel, I was disappointed. Because is why I said you didn't know what I was gonna say. Ooh. 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 I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh mostly because uh just from someone who wants to see some clues as to like I want to see at some point Captain Marvel going against some scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see at some point, because that is a huge part of the storyline in this, that we still have no idea, like, what that is. You see Ben Mendelsohn once walking into a thing. He's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, so it's his human form. He's infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. I can derive all that because I write about it all, every day. But not everybody else can't. They need to have a through line of, hey, here's why that's important. Here's why. Like, we finally, this is the first trailer. And Shaw. You just need somebody saying, bad guy. I mean, kind of, right? You do. This is you the really first. Do. This is the first trailer we've had Lashana Lynch in for more than you know five seconds, and you actually see them being friends, and it's still in the same Air Force scene that they've spliced a bunch of different times. You don't see some of the photos we've seen from like their reunion later on. Like they, there is a. They do need to show more of the overall narrative of this and explain a few things. So I was disappointed. That I was also disappointed that we didn't get any Marvel. I was disappointed that we didn't get. Uh, like any kind of uh, 
any more Jude Law because that is a huge again, they're guard I know what they're doing. They're guarding against spoilers. At the same time, I do understand that you have to show the audience enough to get them in. Yeah, this isn't with Avengers Endgame, you can keep secrets. You can keep secrets. People are already on board because this is ten years in the making. Yeah. Eleven so, years in the making. With Captain Marvel, I think you need a line of dialogue. But this is one of the problems though about putting an, an origin movie so late in a phase. Well, if we're honest, if we're on you didn't have to do that with Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Because well, we don't Ant-Man's know already established. We don't know if this will have strong ties Here's to Endgame and, and Infinity Just to, War. To wrap this up, I think this is going to be a really good story. I think it's a story about a woman who's very strong of character and becomes strong of actual literal yeah. power, kind of has her strength kind of manipulated and, you know, twisted around by these forces that are going to be several kind of patriarchal forces in a lot of ways, and even a matriarchal one in the supreme intelligence, yeah. who we think is Annette Benning, And uh, basically, her it's an, it's an empowerment story mm-hmm. of her kind of seizing her own power and determining her own path, which takes her away from all the other crap in the Marvel Cinematic Universe until she has to go yeah. back and save the day as a much stronger version of herself in... Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I think much more confident version of herself. And a lot of this has to do with why she sounds so weird in the trailers because she's literally like kind of a half brainwashed robot for a lot of this movie until she begins to interact with somebody like Nick Fury who helps her to essentially, you know, get back to being human and who she is and things like that. And so I think there's a really great story here, a really good female superhero story. But like you said, the plot details and how they tie to other things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are kind of killing their ability to show it right now. I think. I think they need a trailer where somebody says, these are Skrulls. Yes. They disguise themselves. They'll, they're infiltrating multiple worlds. This is your cat. And she says, it's not a cat. And yes. it shows the cat do something ridiculous. You, you need it, context. You, you need things that show off what is going to make this movie unique. Yeah. Because aside from it being a female hero, We've seen people fly through the air and take on ships in Iron Man. We've seen, I mean, that exact shot of her flying up at a ship is basically the shot of Iron Man going through all the Chitauri and the Avengers. I mean, almost shot for shot with the CGI. There's so much of the stuff we've seen before with a a saturated superhero movie world. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe they're relying on it being a female hero movie to attract people, but Wonder Woman kind of already captured that like to the max. See, but I, I don't think? think I don't think they're relying on that. To I an think, extent, though, they are trying. I think they're trying to make a different type of movie than Wonder Woman was. Oh, but absolutely. I think because of that, they're being way too guarded with with details that give people context of like I understand what this movie yeah. is about. We're getting right? circular. Right. Basically, we need to see more from Captain Marvel. We need like yes. a really great tone establishing plot establishing trailer. I need- see the movie in two weeks and I will I couldn't be more excited. All right, there we so, go. So we'll have something for you I'm as still, soon as I'm we still. can on that front. So let's talk about a movie that does give you I mean did almost the exact opposite and just did a lot to establish tone, context and all that. And that's the big trailer from the Super Bowl, Avengers Endgame, which basically just gave us a rundown of what the world of the MCU looks like after the snap or the decimation or whatever you want to call it in Infinity War. And man, <clears throat> this was like any other, this wasn't like any other Marvel movie we've seen thus far. Just, I mean, dark, somber, kind of post-apocalyptic movie feel to it. 
these crazy visuals of New York as if half the population had suddenly vanished, graveyards of boats and cars, Captain America in basically like a PTSD recovery group or just like a survivor's guilt group. Yeah. And, I mean, this was just... I think this got me more excited than just about any other Marvel movie trailer I've seen in recent memory because, like I said, I mean, it is so different from anything else that we've seen. And I'm excited, I think, more for just the first act of Endgame just to play in this kind of Marvel dystopian world, which are some of my favorite stories from the comics. You know, Days of Future Past, Age of Apocalypse, stuff like that. So... We didn't get too much from this. There are a lot of choice details in the Endgame trailer that we could break down and talk about, but I loved it just as kind of a stage setter for what, like what kind of world we're coming back to in this. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we got, like you said, it wasn't the longest trailer, but I did enjoy the stuff we saw. I, like the Captain America scene where he's just sitting there in that room by himself yeah, and you see the scrunch. sign yeah you see the sign of like what do we do now like all that stuff i did love the rocket raccoon having that original guardians costume as well yeah. when he was, was recruiting arthur curry oh <laughs> <laughs> from the white house yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like he walks into that room and he says arthur curry i hear you can talk to fish yeah um, somebody better explain to him like <laughs> raccoons water not a good mix just yeah. keep it laying uh, down hit the, forest. the scene where they're all walking you know towards the strapping his shield on i've oh, seen a man. bunch of theories about the shield that. thing was i mean strapping cap strapping this like the shield on got me because, I mean, it's just like, like I said, choice details. Like, yeah. if you just look at the makeup on his hands, like, blood, dirt, like, he's been in, like, one hell of a fight. And if it's a fight where you can see, like, Captain America's hands visibly shaking yeah. while he's trying to strap that shield on again, like, that's some serious stuff. He's like, pulling from the bottom of the tank. Exactly. He's, got, he's using all and he's got left, and it ain't much. No. And yeah. that kind of implication is just so good, so powerful. And I like almost every single one of the images that Russo Brothers selected for this shot because they've gotten so good at just kind of just teasing us with so much while not showing us like really anything at all at yeah. the same time. Because, I mean, that doesn't tell us almost anything no. about the story. The trailer told us nothing. Yeah. It, yeah. City Field was just as empty as City Field would be before the snap. Wow. So <laughs> I. I, I Listen, it's a great trailer. So we don't, we, you know, is that City Field pre-snap or post-snap? I don't know. But uh, Tony, like, tinkering, love that. Dude. Yeah, that I'm going to be honest. Iron Man is my favorite character in, in the MCU. He kind of is, he started this. I love his 2008 movie. I don't think we get 2008 Iron Man today. No way. Not with the type of Playboy attitude he had back then. I don't think that would play well with audiences today. But I love that movie and I and the terrorism aspect of it. Yeah. Would we get that today? I don't I don't think we would. I don't think audiences would really flock to a movie like that mm. today. I think the times have changed. In and that's ten years. I mean, that's more than ten yeah. years. So times have can change yeah. in ten years. But with him tinkering and uh, on, yeah, the, on back with the Benatar, and, like, I love that shot, dude. That's how he started. He built the Mark One using scraps in a cave, as yeah. Obadiah Stane said. When he thought he had one more day to live, yep. He had, and he and, went in, and like, there's so many, like we we're saying, like there's so many smart callbacks, implications, kind of iconography in this trailer that I'm so just excited to see this full film. What if he scraps Nebula and uses her for parts? I mean, that's one of my theories. Like, <laughs> the Nebula armor, that'd be awesome, and he could travel through space with a Nebula armor. Could then could he then put her back together, though? Exactly. Like, yeah, he know. could download Nebula, probably. Yeah. 
Ugh. Why not? That's dark. That's like technological cannibalism. I mean, it's not. I mean, too different from Solo, except that was a droid and. But never watched it. Not gonna lie to you. Kind of. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, we bet test episode better never come out for your controversial Star Wars views. <laughs> we'll get but, to Star uh, Wars. Yeah, let's talk about point. a little bit when, before we wrap up. So we're all. I mean, obviously we're all in for Endgame. Is there anything you guys wished had dropped? I mean, for me, I wish that Disney and Lucasfilm had just put out Star Wars and just done. I mean, just done nothing except something just unique and cool, like a title, like a like one of the scrawls, just showing you, and then just showing you like a title for the hmm. film, or just teasing up and just kind of revealing the title of Episode Nine as a Super Bowl spot would have been awesome. So that's my big, like my big disappointment was that we didn't get that. It's interesting, Brandon. Uh, I mean, Star Wars is really the big one. They could have done an Endgame style trailer and not told us anything but the title. Which would have been interesting. I mean, it would have been cool to see something for Wonder Woman because that movie wrapped, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they definitely have some footage there, but it's really far away since they pushed it back again. So there's that. Game of Thrones could have dropped something more than a Bud Light ad. That yeah. could have been cool. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, there were a couple of miscellaneous things we were going to maybe touch on. Like the Bud Light ad that, you know, had the twist with Game of Thrones was probably my favorite commercial of the night. Um, it's basically revisited the whole Dilly Dilly court cam, you know, the Dilly Dilly campaign yeah. from last year. And it's like, oh, and they did it perfectly because it was like pitch perfect because it was like at this point we're like, oh, Dilly Dilly was great last year. It went well with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl and Philly Philly, Dilly, you know, all that was yeah. great. And then you see it come back and you're like, oh, man, this again. And then all of a sudden the Bud Light night goes down and outsteps the mountain and just recreates that horrifying Game of Thrones moment where he crushes over in Martell's head, and then everybody in the court is like, what? And then a dragon comes in and just burns them all alive. <laughs> and it was kind of like dark and twisted, awesome, like an awesome you know, surprise twist, and it was for Game of Thrones, but I agree. I mean, I don't know what Game of Thrones is waiting for. I mean, your last season, every episode's like a movie. Like, this was a time for just a crazy sizzle reel with actual sizzling people, thanks to the dragons in it, you know, and really get us hyped. That would have been, yeah, that's a big miss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think Game of Thrones is going to air all six episodes back to back, or do you think they're going to put a week in between or something like that? I mean, it, I hope they just do it as a straight shot. I hope so too, but and we're all just but in most a Game shows of don't do that, right? Like do you think it would benefit? Be do you think it would benefit from spacing out the episodes? Like, no. Would that build a buzz for better rate? I mean, at this point, I, I think it's at peak buzz. I don't think you can Yeah, I don't no. think it can get, get higher. No, so making it take 12 weeks. Take over pop culture for six weeks. Because, I mean, look at it. Like, your favorite shows, when they go on, like, if when they take breaks, does it ever build anticipation for you? Or are you always like, I just want no, to see the I remember episode. it used to happen with Lost all the time, and I'd get furious. Yeah, like, I'm the but same way. But that was because Lost was behind on production. The Game of Thrones is done. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same way. I want it all yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, just keep it going. Like, own pop culture for, the, for those six weeks going yeah. into spring. Just take it over. Own it, and, like, give us, just keep us... I mean, like when we were all reading A Storm of Swords, when you're going to be in a Game of Thrones coma for a while, and it's going to be great. Poor Fear the Walking Dead. But uh, that poor, poor show is going to have to compete with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oof. Oof. That's going to get ugly. That's, That's going to get ugly. I didn't have anything that I really wanted extra from it. I was what actually. About Disney? I mean, did you nothing from Disney? Like any of the live action stuff? Did they I mean, drop, did they drop any live action? They should have just dropped a trailer no, that Aladdin, showed us no Marvel's schedule. I was surprised, schedule. I was no, surprised by Aladdin. I don't. 
I'm one of the few, like, I'm having a hard time caring about Dumbo. Same. Yeah, it's Tim Burton's Dumbo. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Like, I'm having a hard time caring movies. about Dumbo. Lion King, I'm surprised that they, we didn't get, a, like, another spot or something like that. Yeah. Aladdin, I was surprised. Uh, Aladdin was the biggest one. I'd probably say Aladdin. That was yeah. the one that I want to see a blue yeah, Will I thought, Smith. I, I thought I we were at least going to get something that just revealed, like, Will Smith coming out of the lamp. I see Raja. Like, I wanted, there, there are things that you can still put in there that are like, oh, my God, and get you amped up for it. Like, just a, like a... And that movie a shot comes out of the quick. camera going towards the lamp and then pop out pops Will Smith and says something yeah. Will Smithish. I wish they had a like, speaking yeah. of Will Smith, I know they just started Bad Boys. What if they had a Bad oh, Boys? Oh man, Bad Boys teaser. I would have loved uh, that. I'm I'm so Bad Boys 3 just might be seeing my most them walk on screen movie of 2020. Yeah. We're seeing them walk on screen would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been good. But oh well, say la vie and I did say that, right? Say la vie. Say <laughs> la vie. We got what we got <laughs> and that's what we got. So that wraps it up. If you guys have anything from the Super Bowl, movie trailers, thoughts, or wish list you wished you could have seen, please let us know. Hit us up at uh, hashtag comic book nation. That's going to do it for us today. That's the end of the show. As always, I, you can catch me online at Twitter at Kofi Outlaw. You can hit me up at Matt Mueller CB. And you can hit me up uh, at Brandon Davis BD across all the social medias. And if you want to get on board with this Comic Book Nation journey, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, on Stitcher, now on iTunes. You can subscribe to our RSS feed or listen to episodes on the site itself. We'll post uh, a new article every time we launch an episode, and you can catch it there. You can also help us continue discussion at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, and always interact with our Twitter page, at Comic Book. Uh, for Walking Dead fans, this week we, uh, is it this week you're coming back? That's right, February 10th. All right, Brandon Davis will be back with uh, After the Dead with uh, co-host Janelle Wheeler. They Mm -hmm. put on a great uh, Walking Dead after show. Move over Chris Hardwick. So uh, be sure to come in and uh, check that out. And Comic Book Now, we just put up a new episode of Comic Book Now before recording this. And be sure to check that out with BD and Chris Killian. Okay. So that'll do it for us at Comic Book Nation. We'll see you guys in a couple days for episode four. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be back oh, uh, with uh, no cavites. No cavites about coming back and joining us again. That's right. Get your marfs.